if you're miserable now, when you achieve your goal of becoming a millionaire or starting your business or whatever, you're still going to, you're still going to be you when you get there, yeah. you will still be miserable. Mm. So there's a lot of work to do around mindset and it might seem depending on your situation, really hard to start calling yourself a rich woman. You're listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast with award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and personal branding expert, Francine Bellayi. Francine is on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to position themselves as an authority in their industry, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. Looking to redefine the life you want to live and your best life now? Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. The place to be to hear inspirational stories of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and Francine herself with practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life. Make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur, you've got big ideas and great vision, but your business perhaps doesn't reflect that which means that you are putting all this work, your heart and soul into it, but you are not really seeing the return because nobody really knows who you are. You are not visible to those that matter the most. It doesn't have to be that way. If you are tired to live a life with no impact and are looking to position yourself as an authority in your field, attract your ideal client and impact thousands globally, book a complimentary 30-minute mini brand audit session with me today at francinebelay.com slash audit that f-r-a-n-c-i-n-e-b-e-l-e-y-i.com slash audit this 30 minute call can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well i only have a handful of this free mini session each week so book your complimentary session today at francinebelay.com slash audit Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I am your host, Francine Belay, and today is the last episode of this season seven, where I have focused on uncovering the money mindset and habits that prevent us from achieving what we want in life and how we can create new empowering habits. I hope you have enjoyed this season and my guest, if you haven't listened to all this season, go back to listen to the previous episodes. But for now, let's tune in into my conversation with my last guest of the season. Hi, I'm excited to have on the show today Alison Brown, a wealth empowerment coach and real estate investor. She helps women gain confidence and clarity around wealth creation and investing. And whilst being a full-time employee, wife and mom, she launched a Facebook group and coaching program to grow a business to replace her job and have more options. And Alison and her husband also have a real estate uh, investing business that went from zero in cash flowing asset to five million in five years while working with their job. So hi, Alison. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So tell me in your own words, what you currently do? I do a lot. Um, <laughs> as you said in your wonderful introduction, I am a wealth empowerment coach 
coach and a real estate investor. I do that alongside my husband. I'm a full-time employee. I'm a controller for a civil engineering firm right now. And yeah, a wife and a mom. So uh, I love variety and I do like staying busy. So hence why I'm doing a lot of different things right now. Yeah. Do you have enough of the 24 hours to do all those things? (laughs) You do have to be very disciplined on what you're doing and very strategic about what activities you're doing. And I did just start the coaching business this year. Um, So it's new and I am fitting that around, uh, you know, my existing commitments. And then also you just look at things that you think you have to do maybe around the house and you outsource those things and that that can free up some time on your weekends or evenings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have to be strategic and and in the way you manage uh, your time, definitely. Tell me, what would you say is your purpose, Alison? My purpose is... Uh, to help women realize that they don't need to be intimidated about investing. They don't need to abdicate to a, a professional. They can educate themselves and they can work alongside of professional, you know, certified financial planners. But you really, it's something that it's your money. So you need to feel like you have power there and you can get your questions answered. Um, you should be treated in a way that you know, like it's, it's your money. You need to be informed about it. Not just, Oh, my husband handles it or, Oh, our, I have a financial planner or my uncle does it for me. Like you still need to be informed. That's my main driving purpose and passion is finding a way that women can be excited to learn, um, and not be intimidated. Yeah. I love that. I love the fact that you, you know, you say that, uh, to let them know that they shouldn't abdicate. That's really true because I've, um, heard, so many people, yeah, saying that you yeah, no money. I'm not good with money, so then for you know they don't want to uh, manage that, and then they just delegate that to somebody until perhaps uh, something happens and uh, they uh, now have to face the reality. So that's wonderful. So tell me, what is one thing that people don't know about you, Alison? One thing that people don't know about me. Hmm. <laughs> Some people do in my personal network, but I think I just answered this question um, that maybe a lot of people don't know because I don't necessarily talk about it, but I'm one of eight children and we all come from the same mom and dad. People like to ask that question. We're not a blended family. Um, We just, my parents just like to have kids and they have a lot of them. (laughs) <laughs> I also come from a family of eight, actually. Um, oh. So, yeah. So, and uh, when actually you came from your family, tell me in your house, how was the money discussion in uh, your family? I would say my parents talked about money, but not necessarily in a way about creating maybe more of the abundance mindset or the going out and starting businesses. I do have a brother, my oldest brother, who actually is a very successful businessman and figured that out from a young age and found people to mentor him. And, but both my parents, I would say, were just you know conservative, traditional. Um, those are the values I learned. You, you work hard, um, you, get, you get a job, you save, you invest, um, kind of more through traditional means, your 401k or something like that. Um, those were the discussions and, and kind of how I grew up is, is seeing it more um, traditional, that you should be an employee, which there's nothing wrong with that. I currently am still one, um, but not a whole lot of thought there about um, growing and expanding, being in business for yourself. Um, 
and, and a little bit more of an abundance mindset. I did mm -hmm. not see that as much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, tell me, how did you finally, um, you know, you are, have this nine to five job, and then finally started this Facebook group. How that idea came from, and how did you get about uh, to start that? I was seeing um, other uh, friends on Facebook kind of talking about things that they were doing. And it wasn't necessarily something that I was like, oh, I want to do exactly what she did. But there's one friend in particular who I just you know, saw her journey throughout the years and she was doing some network marketing sales and she was becoming a mom and I was becoming a mom and we just stayed friends. And, um, at the end of 2019, I could tell she was kind of shifting and doing something a little bit different. It, it seemed like she was doing some coaching and that caught my attention. And then she did, um, a money mindset workshop at the end of the 2019 that I loved. And yeah, that just kind of kicked off a renewed friendship. I actually hired her as my coach. She's one of the ones that uses, uses many different strategies, but one of them is forming a Facebook group for people that you want to help. And mine is women around investing in wealth. Yeah, yeah. So I know that, uh, yes, a lot of um, uh, groups now in, uh, on Facebook actually uh, do run successfully. Uh, and um, this is one of the main strategies. What about your husband now? How on earth do you start a real estate business with your husband then? <laughs> so that can be tricky. I remember years ago, um, my husband has, you know, we have a little bit of a network marketing background as far as like my husband's used the products of this particular company for probably more than 20 years. And for early on in our marriage, we were looking into doing that to be an avenue something to supplement, something to grow into a team and, and a revenue stream. And I just, some people would always talk about how it's such a wonderful thing to work with your husband. And I just remember thinking, I don't know, are we ready for that? Like, is that too much together time? And um, I think it was because it wasn't the right fit. I wasn't passionate enough about the network marketing. It, it, you know, the products are great, but that just wasn't, it just didn't resonate with me. Real estate is something that he also did from the time before we met till now. He has a background in lending. And I just, I loved having those conversations, even when I didn't always know the words he was using, but I could ask questions and I could learn things in a very safe way. And so that's kind of how it, it turned into this, this partnership of um, instead of letting him handle all that and just he goes out and he does all the investing and I just work my W2 nine to five job, um, how can we partner together so we're learning together, we're networking together? It, it kind of came about naturally for me because I felt like one, I was interested in it and two, it would give us more time together instead of sending us in two different directions. Um, but it's not yeah, there's, there's no, really no tension there. We just kind of talk about different deals and different strategies and being on the same page helps. Um, if you have two totally different real estate investing strategies, that would be challenging in a marriage or a partnership. But we tend to kind of have the same strategy. Mm. And how then did you go from this zero cash flowing asset to this five billion in five years? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when we first got married in 2013, um, my husband had previously purchased a house, um, and he, he had a, a roommate. Um, and so that's called house hacking. And so they, the roommate pays, you know, some of your mortgage and that's awesome. Cause then you have less to pay on that liability. Well, when we got married, it was kind of like, well, I'm not really going to pay your rent, but of course I 
you know, brought my income to the, to the marriage, but we knew, um, we actually went out to dinner with a mentor of his and they, they said one of the easiest things to do to get more assets is to buy something else to rent. And they recommended getting a duplex or a triplex, something with multi-units, small, but multi-units. So the strategy there was we rented out our single family home. We moved into the duplex we had bought, lived on one side, rented out the other side. So now we have our first home that was cash flowing nicely, covering the mortgage note and putting money in our pocket. And we have our second home, which is a duplex. We're not because we're living in one side of it. Um, the rent is covering almost the entire mortgage note. I think we ended up paying like a hundred dollars a month to live. Wow. So that was kind I of, love that. <laughs> yes, yes. Great strategy. I would love don't... to live, pay only a hundred dollars. Yes. Month. Yes. Great, great <laughs> strategy. If you... Yes. That would be, I know, be probably fun. hard to, probably hard to come by, but, um, so then from there, um, yeah, that just, it kept kind of compounding and, and snowballing. There was a triplex in there. My husband structured that deal a little bit differently. It's, it's more of a sweat equity deal. So there's real estate. You can be so creative if you don't have a ton of money um, or you want to conserve cash for other deals. That's one that he structured more with like a knowledge and sweat equity situation. Um, and then we were starting our family. We were going to have our daughter and we were like, well, we don't really want to live attached in a duplex anymore. We need our own house. So then we went on the house hunt again. We bought a single family home. That's just our primary residence. So then our portfolio was a single family home, a duplex and a triplex. And we had that for probably a year and a half to two years before my husband really started getting burnt out on being the landlord and getting the phone calls and having to lease up the tenants every year. And, um, that's when he started attending a lot of events about how you can get into larger assets, multifamily, apartment buildings, commercial space, mixed use, things like that. And he started learning about that probably in 2016, for sure by 2017, um, really just figuring out how we could get into larger assets. So in 2019, the push was really, we wanted to get out of our smaller residential units because they had appreciated. So we would have some value, some money that would come when we would sell them. And then you need to either pay taxes or you need to roll them into larger assets. And so that was our strategy. We came up with the smaller units. Luckily they had appreciated. We wanted to sell them and move into larger assets. Um, so now in 2019, we closed on in the middle of the year, we closed on an apartment building, uh, about 82 units. And then at oh. the very end of the year, we closed on a office building um, that's actually in my hometown in Wisconsin um, that we, again, used money that was from a sale of smaller real estate. So if you want to avoid the capital gains tax, you transition it into other real estate. And that's how we took our portfolio from zero cash flowing assets. We did have an asset. It's just we were living in it yeah. to five million in assets that are that are cash flowing. Um, and now we're just saying where to go next. Do we want to buy another multifamily? Um, I actually think our next syndication is going to be a more of a business instead of uh, real estate. Mm. Are you still thinking that during this COVID time and knowing what situation we are and uh, with a lot of uh, online work and those things, uh, what do you think uh, about, uh, is it going to affect your decisions or not really? Uh, it, it has affected at least my decision early in the year. I think really before the COVID shutdown happened, it was, I want to say it was in March. Things were starting to kind of slow down. One of our live events was canceled because they couldn't have big events. 
Um, but it's an event all about how to syndicate real estate, which is, you know, you get a bunch of people together and they all buy in and that's in a nutshell off the cuff. That's a syndication. Um, they, that event went virtual. And as I'm sitting through this event, I started thinking, I can do this. I can find a deal. I can do what my husband did in 2019. Like we have great network built up. We have great connections built up. And I told him that's what I wanted to do by the end of the year. And so we, I started, he's like, here's something I was looking at. Why don't you take the lead on it? And you start looking into to doing that. Well, it is office space and it's located in Kentucky. And after a month or so of this long shutdown, that's still kind of kind of going on, kind of not going on. Um, I just felt like maybe this isn't the best use of my energy right now to buy another office space um, and focus on that. So that's when I kind of thought, I'm not sure that, th that the goal, it sounded exciting at the time, but then you kind of had to just reassess and check in. Um, and I realized I had a bunch of other things happening at that same time. The coaching business was getting off the ground. The Facebook group was growing. I was really, really enjoying that and just helping women and interacting with them. And I thought that's where my focus really needs to be. Mm -hmm. So I personally decided not to pursue investing in another office building um, at this time. Mm -hmm. Other investors we know have continued um, with, with certain strategies. Um, I know someone that bought another beach home during this time, but she's been doing excuse me, she's been doing investing for many, many years and she's very confident in her numbers and the market and things like that. Um, so you, you can still be investing. Um, you just kind of, I think you do need to be aware of what the markets are doing. Mm, 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 yes. And you mentioned also earlier that uh, you were a bit, uh, you know, tired of being a landlord, but with now so many different uh, properties, how are you managing the landlord uh, aspect of it? Or have you so, that? yeah, that is one thing that when you transition to a multifamily, um, you almost always, the way that it's going to be structured, if you're doing a syndication with an official offering and you have lending on the property, they want to know that you actually have professional property management in place. So those are our people on the ground. Um, you do need to find a good one and you do need to be working on your relationship with them, your communication. There's going to be hiccups. There's been plenty. Um, our, we also partnered with um, another real estate investor out of Atlanta, Georgia, and he has much more experience and he has been, both my husband and I are like, this is why you network and you get to know people because you know, we were new to this. I don't think we could have gotten this completely across the finish line by ourselves. Mm. We needed this partner to help us. Um, he's much more experienced in the day-to-day -day asset management, which is working, you know, kind of being the liaison between the property managers, the investors, managing all those pieces. He does a larger portion of that for, you know, more pay. And I do a smaller portion because I'm looking at learning from him. Um, but I'm also very committed. I have a, you know, a full-time job and things like that. He, he does real estate full time. So we, we have a partner that helps us. That's a great resource. Look at your network. Who can you partner with? Um, but then realize, you know, you might want to be learning, which I do. So then I'm kind of helping him, um, to do some of that, you know, financial analysis. And I sit on calls and talk with him about once a month. And then our office building is really the easiest asset. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, the tenants in there have been there for years. They're on a corporate lease that's going to go for another six years. We just met with them a week or two ago while we were up in Wisconsin. And 
I asked her, the, the gal that's kind of our boots on the ground person, um, you know, with the office being shut down, what was their plan? And they are now phasing back into the office and um, their plan is to keep using the office space. You know, some corporations I think maybe have decided we're going to stay working from home for the foreseeable future and they've had uh, workforce reduction. Um, this particular tenant is actually an accounting firm. And um, so they haven't really seen any um, reduction in, in their uh, business. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some businesses are much more resilient than others. Yes, okay. Yes, that's great. So um, in also um, your um, uh, post, uh, you also talked about some um, toxic uh, limiting beliefs that keep us poor. What would you say are those? What are those uh, toxic limiting beliefs? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There are there are so many of them. Uh, my husband and I had an interesting discussion. It was either the end of 2019 or the beginning of this year. And we just had fun kind of, I don't know if people consider that fun, but we had fun just going through and kind of listing our limiting beliefs and then sharing them with each other. And it was interesting to see the ones that overlapped. Okay. Um, ones, what, what were those? Yeah. Yeah. So ones, <laughs> ones in particular about money, I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, you you might have picked up from your parents or somebody oh. like money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> um, you know, money is hard to come by. Mm -hmm. um, my husband grew up in a different uh, home environment where they were, they were, his parents were business owners, entrepreneurs, very successful people, but you almost were embarrassed. And he, he remembers like, you didn't talk about your money. Okay. It was like, you, yes, you were blessed, but you didn't, it wasn't mm -hmm. something that you should talk about. Okay. So he had that kind of limiting belief, like mm. you, you shouldn't talk about money. Um, and uh, what are some other ones? Like limiting beliefs that I'm not good at. One of mine was I'm not good at big picture things. Mm -hmm. And then, so that in my mind always left me thinking, well, I need to do all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. I need to do you know, give me the task stuff. Cause I'm a task oriented person. Yeah. I I'm not the visionary. I'm not the, so like starting a business would be very, very difficult if I hadn't addressed that limiting belief yeah. and acknowledged it and said, this is just a, this is just limiting me. Yeah. Like when did I decide I'm not good at the big picture stuff? I'm not a visionary. Mm. Everybody's creative. Everybody gets ideas. Exactly. Even those detail oriented people still have uh, big ideas as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun actually. And then, um, so what did you do with uh, that actually after when you actually listed both your limiting beliefs? What, what was the outcome of your listing of the belie limiting beliefs with your husband? <laughs> I think it, let, it it facilitated some interesting discussion, mm. um, which which has been wonderful. And just you know, it's not something where we we don't like. Oh, I'll call you out when you're falling into that limiting belief again. That's not quite how we use the list, but it was something where we shared them with each other because we wanted the other person to be aware of how we mm. saw things. And um, it's it's interesting when you're both kind of on that introspective journey together. Yeah. I, I I really have enjoyed that part. Mm, I love that. I love that also the fact that you know you both were willing to come and share that and uh, yes, share that, those limiting beliefs. I think that you might have been empowered by that in the end. Actually, both of you. <laughs> so uh, tell me now, Alison, um, what would you say is one of the most challenging situation perhaps that you have uh, encountered during maybe this entrepreneurial journey or your money, um, you know, uh, mindset journey? Um, that made you reevaluate, um, you know, how you are going about doing uh, your money or your life. 
Uh, a couple of things come to mind. I think one of my big um, transformations that kind of led me to, uh, you know, figuring out who my ideal woman is that I want to help is um, I always felt like there were very defined roles in our, in our partnership, in our marriage. I worked the regular job and I did you know, these things. And my husband always had a little bit more flexibility. He has the lending background. He has more real estate experience. Um, he, you know, at times has had a more traditional job, but for the most part, he's always picked opportunities that are very flexible um, because he, he is an entrepreneur born and raised. It's in his blood. Uh, so that was my logic of I have, I have to do these things. I have to go to my regular job and then I have to do X, Y, Z. He's going to figure out all the other stuff, all the investing. And I, the, my role is to be the supporting one. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that helped change my mind and start opening my eyes, and it took a, it took a little while for it to kind of all germinate and come together, but I read um, Kim Kiyosaki's book called Rich Woman. Great And in woman. it, she talks about, yeah, it's- um, oh, I haven't heard about this You one. have not I, heard about I, it. Okay, I so- the, the rich dad, poor dad, but it's not rich woman, actually. Yep, so oh, rich dad, poor dad. Uh, rich dad, poor dad is her husband, mm -hmm. and um, she has a book called Rich Woman that my husband, ironically enough, bought for me at an event that she was at, and he got it autographed, and this was in 2018. Love it, super thoughtful of him. Uh, that's when my daughter was, well, our daughter was about a year old, and I remember reading it and finding it so fascinating and so stimulating and so encouraging. But then on the flip side, I also remember being like, I'm raising a small human and working. This is overwhelming. How am I going to do this? Um, so fast forward now, a year later in 2019, uh, when we really start to talk about what we want the what we want our life to look like, and he had been going to events here and there, building up his network, doing the real estate stuff. I couldn't do that as much because you know someone has to watch our mm -hmm. daughter, and I and I had the work schedule to work around, mm -hmm. and that really started to uh, discourage me. Like I was missing out on opportunities, and so when we had the discussion around. I would like to do this with you. How is there a way that we can do this together? And because two of us are going to be better together than just one person feeling like they have to do it all. Mm -hmm. So that's been, I think, the biggest shift is reading that book in 2018, kind of just being like, can I even do this at this point in my life? Okay, give it a year. And then I was like, yeah, we can say we're going to structure our life to learn this together, to network together, to figure out um, you know, our next steps together. And one of the things was to start participating in training events together as a couple. And that really, really helped speed things along, I think, for both of us. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually, yes, you both actually came back together after this frustrating moment for you, actually. And, uh, and what would you say uh, is, uh, is there any challenge uh, whatsoever by uh, working with your husband or, you know, you find a way of making it work? Are you feeling like you are all over the place and lack direction in your life, in your career, or in your business and aren't sure what you should be doing next? You need to take the five days to discover your passion challenge to reset your priorities and reignite your life as I guide you over the five days to discover what truly lights you up. 
so you can start living urgently doing what you truly love. You can access it right now at francinebelly.com slash passion challenge. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash passion challenge. And what would you say uh, is, uh, is there any challenge uh, whatsoever by uh, working with your husband or, you know, you find a way of making it work? I, I think in any relationship, there's going to be plenty of challenges because humans are imperfect. That's, we're human. That's part of it. Um, there's definitely room for miscommunication. There's definitely room for misunderstanding. Um, I've been doing a lot of work this year, um, you know, around thoughts and how our thoughts create our feelings. And that's been super helpful for me. Um, because you might think, oh, well, they said this hurtful thing or they, you know, they, they, they aren't, they aren't in love with this new idea. I was super excited about like, once you can kind of start removing that a little and honing on your own communication style and really coming back to your thoughts lead to your feelings and working through that. Um, that's been super helpful for me. And I would recommend that to just any human in general, but it really helps in relationships um, and, and releasing them from, from expectations. I, I started thinking, which I'm super grateful. I'm in this partnership and in this marriage, but if I was a single woman, which I would love to help single women too. Um, I would have to, you know, do this basically alone, but you still need to build a team and you need to have resources and you need to not feel like you're alone. Mm. But as far as like a, a partner that lives in your house, you're probably not going to have that if you're single. So um, when you start thinking about that, um, then it, it kind of puts things in perspective a little bit. There's not as much, well, I expect you to do this and this and this. You kind of are like, oh, I'm in this. You're in it together, but individually, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes, totally makes sense. Yes, because I totally get that because, yes, um, yes. So thinking our thoughts to determine our feeling and then uh, our behavior and then our action totally right because, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, even if we are twins. We have totally different, you know, interpretation of how things are and our rules. And uh, I totally get that, you know, that is, you know, as you say, there's always room for misinterpretations. <laughs> and uh, working on that uh, continuously and be willing, uh, both of you, which seems to be quite good, both of you are kind of working in a real partnership, which is quite good, actually, to, 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 to do. Um, so uh, what about your uh, group, uh, your Facebook group? So what do you teach them? Do you teach them um, how to do investing? or what actually do you teach them in there? Yeah, so I um, have started that with just bringing in my, my first couple of interviews um, were just, uh, I think the first one was a day trader because I met her in another group online and I thought, this is really interesting. Like, I don't know anything about this. So I was just interested. And so some of the platform that I present to the women in my group is be educated, stay curious, find out ways that your money can make money. My expertise and my background and one of the ways that my husband and I have leveraged is real estate. So I do talk a lot about that because that's where my expertise is. But I have brought in other experts that um, like the day trader or I also brought in someone who did a completely different type of real estate investing, investing in notes 
or essentially the mortgages, um, where you are, you're buying the mortgages from a mortgage company or a bank, you're becoming the bank. So that again, fascinating. Uh, I, I kind of knew that that existed, but I was like, we have no experience in that. Um, other areas of real estate that we have not done would be like fix and flips or wholesaling. So I may eventually have guests come in and talk about that because um, we've not done those. Um, that's just not been our niche. We've been more of a buy and hold and then we went smaller assets to larger assets. So I try to educate around things that are, um, you know, going to kind of pique their curiosity to, to learn more. Mm. Um, and, and going off of uh, Kim Kiyosaki's book, she does talk about real estate, but she talks about other ways you can invest too. I think she talks about, you know, paper assets, your stocks, your bonds, mutual funds, um, and, and being a business owner, investing in businesses, like things like that. So her whole thing, one of the biggest points that resonated from that book was find something that you're intrigued by, that you're interested in, that resonates with you. Just because I do real estate doesn't mean every woman out there should do real estate or just because I'm like, oh, maybe someday I want to learn more about this day trading. That's exciting. Doesn't mean that's going to resonate with everyone. So I kind of approach it like there are multiple ways outside of, you know, investing in a traditional retirement plan or 401k um, that they may not be aware of. And I just want to share that information because I think it's interesting and powerful. Mm, yeah, that's wonderful. So, um, so you don't do one-to-one. -one, so you actually just run the Facebook group and you don't actually get like consulting uh, with, uh, or coaching with um, women one-to-one? No, I do. I'm sorry. I do oh, do coaching. Okay. Uh -huh. um, I don't. Yeah. So my coaching program is mm -hmm. um, a little bit different mm -hmm. um, than what we talk about in the group. The coaching program is going to be custom tailored to where, where the woman is at. Um, and we would have a discovery call to kind of discern, you know, where she's at, things she's looking for, uh, experience. Has she invested in real estate before? Does she want to invest in real estate? So, um, those are things that, yeah, we can speak to. I'm not, it's not necessarily like I'm a real estate coach who can like help you if you want to buy your first income producing property. I have other coaches I would refer you to for that. Mine is more just the wealth empowerment journey. And so maybe you've done some things to start with. Maybe you are like, hey, I'm really good at saving money, but I don't know what to do with my nest egg. Out, you know, outside of uh, my, I, I'm doing my retirement plan at my office. Like what else should I be doing? That's where I can come in and that's where I can help you. Or okay. maybe you're, yeah, looking to make a transition or um, you're moving from smaller assets to larger assets. I could help you with some of that. We could look at, you know, what you're doing there. It's not just for real estate investing. Um, I really just want to help any woman who's like on that wealth journey, um, and those questions are coming up of just what are my options? Where can I go next? I do try to speak to tax advantages that real estate provides because I think a lot of women business owners are maybe not thinking that far down the road. Um, and they're just thinking when my business excels, I just have to budget for taxes, but there could be benefits to investing in some real estate to offset those taxes. Mm, yeah, that's wonderful. So yes, yeah, so you don't actually deal with a person who has money problem and hasn't figured out any way of making money and come to your group to try to find how to make money, right? This is not what you do. No, not really. I mean, we, we touch on that a little bit. Yeah. I try to give, I try to give information mm -hmm. that then you, if you're interested in it, you would go out and you would find more. I also don't necessarily speak 
to budgeting. Um, on Saturday, I actually am going to interview a friend of mine. She's great. That she's a rock star. That's who her clients are. Like, let me help you with your budget. I am a big budgeter, a big fan of budgeting, but I just, I didn't want my group just to be about let's get our budget down because my whole thing with budgeting is sometimes you take the, the scarcity mindset or the, um, you're looking too much at controlling what you have versus looking at how can we grow more streams of revenue. And I want to, yes, we can address that. My, I'll speak to that. We'll do my interview with my friend. Um, but I'm more like, you need to have both sides of it. You need to know your numbers and manage your money, have a good relationship with your money. Uh, and then start thinking, you know, I want to have more streams of revenue. I want to grow my business or I want to start a business. Um, you're going to run into some mindset blocks there. That's, that's my sweet spot there. Mm, mm, mm. So super. So what would you say to some women out there and also men perhaps who um, feel that they have a job and they have lots of other different things, but feel that perhaps they can't really start a journey of really getting on this kind of wealth journey. What would you say will be the advice number one that you can provide to those people? I think it, my biggest advice there, if, if you're saying, I don't, I don't have time or this seems too complicated or whatever your reason is, um, look at where that's coming from. That's a thought. So when you're thinking the thought, I don't have time, um, that's, that's a thought and it's going to lead to a feeling of anxiousness or discouragement or whatever. So ask yourself, you know, what if you replace that thought to, I could manage my time differently. I could do, I could choose to do different things with one hour a day. Then you're going to open up your world to, oh, huh, I could. I could choose to do something different with just one hour a day mm. and start there. Um, and then the biggest thing, if people are like, they're on the fence and they're not sure what to do, but they know they want to do something different because fast forward what, where your life is right now, fast forward that six months from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, if nothing changes, how does that make you feel? So I would say just start is the advice I love to give when people are like, I want to start a business or I want to get into real estate investing. Just start. Start with books, start with podcasts, start. There's so many free resources out there. Start with a Facebook group. Yeah. I have one. Um, yeah, yeah, just just start and, uh, and look at what your thoughts are because your thoughts are going to create, you know, your actions and your results. Yeah, 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 definitely. So is your Facebook group, um, Facebook group a free uh, Facebook group or is it uh, a paid one? It is. It's a free Facebook group. My one thing is that I um, only want women in there because I want it to be a safe space where we can kind of learn together. And sorry, men, but um, it's just <laughs> I felt like that's who I would be most comfortable speaking with. Okay, cool. That, that's wonderful. Uh, again, it's about uh, really knowing your customer and who you want to serve, who, who, you, who you can serve best as well. So uh, tell me, uh, um, uh, Alison, um, what actually would you say, um, you know, how do we get to re live a rich life right now, regardless how much money we've got? That is a great question because I've been doing a lot. I've been hearing a lot about this. I've been doing a lot of my own thought work on it. And, um, you know, they talk about if you're miserable now, when you achieve your goal of becoming a millionaire or starting your business or whatever, you're still going to 
you're still going to be you when you get there. You will still be miserable. Mm. So there's a lot of work to do around mindset. And it might seem, depending on your situation, really hard to start calling yourself a rich woman. Like I struggled a little bit with that title of that book I read because I was like, I am not a rich woman. (laughs) But that cued me in to, well, what if I start thinking about myself as a rich woman? What if I start looking at all the ways that I am rich and I am blessed? Mm -hmm. And you start embodying that and you start just calling yourself a rich woman. And that has helped a lot. It's just that mindset. Um, Yeah. And start like anything that makes you like uncomfortable, you kind of laugh like, well, I can't call myself a rich woman or I can't call myself successful or I can't, whatever resistance you have, Mm -hmm. that's when you know you need to press into it and say, why? And and what could I start thinking that would be believable? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, wonderful, wonderful advice. Yes. Now let's go a quick uh, lightning round questions. I'm going to give you some questions and you give me quick answers. So when you travel, do you select your flight by the cheapest flight or by the duration? Uh, Duration. (laughs) Cool. If you had just a laptop and $100 to start making money today, what would you do? I would probably circle back to my day trader friend. (laughs) To do what with that? She, so she does day trading, which is like different than playing the stock market for long term. It's yeah. you're in and out in like seconds. Um, so I would, yeah, you, I would. You will invest would all the hundred dollars there. All the hundred dollars. Yep. In, in, <laughs> in, in second transaction, pull them out, put them back in, pull them out, put them back in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So uh, what would you say is uh, financial freedom for you? Financial freedom for me is synonymous with time freedom. Um, and, t- and time freedom is going to come when we have multiple streams of income coming in and we don't have to, you know, I, get, I talked earlier about have to, uh, we get to have much more choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more choice. I love that. And what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? Meaningful work and meaningful life is something that deeply resonates um, with who you are, um, who you're becoming. and the people you can help most, the people that you get goosebumps or chills or emotional about helping, that's where your meaningful work is. The things that hit you in the stomach or hit you in the heart, wherever you feel those things, that's when you know you're onto something. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now, any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass on to our listeners to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? I shared this quote the other day on my Facebook and it it fostered some good discussion. And one of my favorite quotes I've been uh, mulling over for years is comparison is a thief of joy. And I love that so much because Mm -hmm. one, you're going to get distracted and your energy is going to go to terrible places if you're always looking at what other people are doing. Um, And two, you will not have joy. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, that's wonderful. Comparison is the thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> cool. So now, uh, uh, you know, can you share some resources that our listeners should absolutely know about? Uh, yes, I can. Um, well, there's my book recommendation of Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. Um, also, a book that was super helpful this year is um, Think and Grow Rich for Women, which oh, I, a lot really? of people are familiar with 
Think uh-huh. and Grow Rich, but there is a special one written by Sharon Lecter okay. just for women. I listened to it on audio or audible. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good for anybody looking for inspiration to grow a business or, or just the, wherever they want to go in life. There was so much stuff in there. It was really, really valuable. Um, I love those two books. That's wonderful. I haven't heard about that one. Uh, Rich, yeah. uh, grew, think and grow rich for women. Okay. I will have a look myself actually. Wonderful. And now how people can reach you and learn more about you and your work. Yes, exactly. Perfect. (laughs) I would love for them to reach me. So there's a couple of ways. Um, My website is simplyallisonbrown.com and that's Allison with one L. So A-L-I-S-O-N, brown, just like the color, simplyallisonbrown.com. And my Facebook group is, uh, if you search groups and you search for simple and powerful wealth wisdom for women you'll find yourself there and you can click to join and I'd love to have you and uh, um, I'm in there a lot every week sharing resources and encouragement and uh, just building up that community that's fantastic Alison I've really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners well thank you so much I'm so glad that you asked me to do this and I I loved being here Thank you for listening to this episode. The show notes of this episode of the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. With all the references shared on this show and other relevant resources as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you hang out, because this will encourage me to keep bringing you an awesome show. So, and make sure that you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast. So you don't meet any episode and leave me a five-star review as well, because That will mean that a lot of other people can see this show and it will help me spread this message to many, many more people. I will see you later for another season of the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.